Hey gang, Turner here with your off-week content for the Gimme the Loot podcast. The Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that has a little bit of a good news, bad news, good news situation coming at you. So, good news first, guest quest rebroadcast with Alex from Roleplay vs. Roleplay. A really fun guest really interesting quick draw slash dual mechanic that he talks about that I think we are all fascinated by. Obviously, a funny Twitter account. Happy to get this guest quest back out there. Bad news. I will be traveling for work this week, which is going to significantly reduce the amount of time I've got to prep and edit for an episode for next week, which means you're getting two guest quests in a row this week and then next week. And let's be clear, I don't think it's bad news at all that we get to rebroadcast our interviews with some really cool people. The guest quests are super fun for us to do, and we really have met some amazing people through through getting out there and engaging with the community for that content. But I do appreciate that it means you're not going to get a campaign episode next week, which can be kind of a bummer. So what's the other good news then? Well, I am going to take that One Piece fight and edit it out as a supersized episode. So you're actually going to end up ahead on the episode progression. I will take that One Piece fight, knock it out as a big old episode, and then that jumps us right into Baba and the gang back on track. So appreciate your patience. September has been a little bit of a rough month for us scheduling-wise. A couple of things have finally clicked into place, and the remaining portion of the year is going to have some exciting, exciting stuff. So stay tuned. Thanks for your patience. A couple of reminders. Number one, this is a rebroadcast of our stream. This is in that two or three guest quest bubble where Zoom really did some weird stuff with the audio, which meant we are using consolidated tracks here. Uh, which means the audio quality is just even a little bit less standard than our normal streaming audio quality. Still listenable, still enjoyable, but you're going to get a few clorks in there, as well as some bits, bobbles, and blubs, and of course, a few more ums, hums, click clacks, and somebody rustling a bag of chips or two along the way. Highly recommend that you get over and catch these streams as they go live, but if you can't, certainly understand and glad to get them back out to you as a podcast. This podcast and any and all content associated with Gimme the Loot is not family-friendly content due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, gore, and bugs in this episode. I think I think there's bugs in this one. Anyway, uh, hope you enjoy it. Remember, the best way for us to keep getting guests is for you to engage with their content, so check them out in the show notes below. Thanks, and hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Uh, now, hey, everybody, sneak attack. Welcome to another episode of... <laughs> The Guest Quest, the tabletop community uh, interview show brought to you by the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. It finally figured out how to edit its overlays and are getting a little <laughs> bit closer to having a presentable stream. Uh, my name's Turner. I will be your DM and host. Today, we're talking to Alex. I'm going to say it wrong, but anyway, Jatilla or Hatilla? Uh, Hard, so harder, it's, it's, harder or soft? Okay. Okay. There's, there's a little bit of a story here. It's a Finnish last name. So I think technically, technically, it's supposed to be like Jutila or something like that. Yeah. Um, but because we're Midwestern, we say Judila. Judila. 
I can Ooh, make it go soft on the tea. Ah, Judah. Uh, from uh, from <laughs> the uh, role playing and role uh, role playing and role playing group, uh, he is mm-hmm. the DM of their uh, current campaign, The Center Saga. Uh, you can find him at Lord uh, A L I T U J, which is um, my same weird last name but backwards. There we yep. go. Yep. <laughs> uh, on tw- which made it even worse for me. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, we will uh, we will get all that linked in the Discord and in our notes, and, and we'll blast that out later. Uh, thank you for joining us, Alex. Uh, showing up completely unprepared to 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 meet uh, our our latest guest. Are hey, it's, it's uh, Holland. You, what I am not completely unprepared. You couldn't even slightly, make, make it slightly, game, dude. slightly unprepared. Not completely, but. No. Unprepared, I'm completely said. unprepared. Oh no, you you are prepared. You're ready, man. You compared to what we're gonna give you? Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, no, you <laughs> we saw softballs over here. <laughs> oh, and I guess it's my turn. So yeah, no, I'm completely unprepared, as you saw with my transition from Harlem's intro to mine. Uh you, yeah, Jazz. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I actually have been following you guys' podcast on Twitter and I've uh, I've been interacting with you guys for a minute. So I'm excited to finally get to talk to one of you guys directly. So it's just fun. So just real quick, guys, uh, Role Play and Role Playing is an actual play TTRPG podcast that's based in Michigan. Um, if you're watching this show, you know what a TTRPG and an actual play is. Um, they started their adventure in August of 2020, uh, and they hope to rise like a phoenix out of the ashes of uh, 2020 and emerge as maybe a cool podcast. That's, I guess, the best they're shooting for right now. Uh, they uh, are well known for uh, one of the uh, one of the probably more active Twitters. Uh, with uh, the shitty uh, shitty RPG ideas um, that the weird troll anti-trollist pushback that that's not shitty. It's probably one of my favorites inter, inter, anti-troll weird trolling interactions outside of uh, Gail, not Gail, yeah, Gail Simone's Twitter feed, which is, uh, which is choice trolling. Um, but Alex actually DMs their, their actual play, the center saga, mm-hmm. which is a uh, fantasy twisted, uh, well, I don't know if it's twisted, but a, a, a heightened, a, uh, post magical war. It's all Western, of those things. All of the above. There's a cactus <laughs> man, and I am fucking here for it. Let me just put it that way. Uh, so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, mo- most of most of the the well, the entirety of my world building for uh, the Sinner Saga was done during the finals week. Uh, like two years ago now, like the when the actually when the podcast first started, uh, so so a few months after that in that December, uh, when I was really stressed about finals and I wanted to think about literally anything else, um, I would just think of the weirdest shit to come to mind and be like, all right, let's just put all this in, into a Western setting and see what mm-hmm. happens. Nice. Yes. Well. Uh, Gang, we're doing a little bit of a different format with the uh, with the guest quest from now on. Uh, so Jamie can't constantly accuse me of stealing all his questions. Uh, <laughs> when we have a larger group, we're actually going to roll initiative and then ask questions in initiative order. But with the smaller group, mm-hmm. we're just going to go in intro order. Uh, so Harland, you're up first. Do you have a question for our guest? And it'll go Jazz and it'll go me. A little round robin. Now, now the question that I have for you is what if I had no question? Then Todd loses a thumb. We'll just, we'll just, I'll just take it out on your characters in, tr- in true epic petty DM fashion. So I do have a question though. It's, it's, it's like I said, I'm me being new. I'm, I'm really, most of my questions don't really re- go involve D and D per se, but going through think. all your, tw- your Twitter stuff, I noticed that you guys are fairly young, all college students or mm-hmm. in college. Um, and some of this playing since 5e came about, I saw, 
And the question I have is, like, I'm older. I'm about to turn 40. What? No. <laughs> yes. And like it, next week or two weeks. So D and D was definitely nerd nerd stuff when I was growing up, right? Like, is it still? I'm I, I'm interested to hear from a younger perspective how it's viewed now that it's been pretty mainstream for like the last, I guess, 10 years. Is like, is it still that a subculture thing in, in high school and before that? Or well, gonna be honest, I'm a terrible person to ask this. Okay. Because <laughs> um, my, okay, I went to a high school whose main feature, uh, like the part of the school that got the most funding was the musical theater program. Oh, nice. Oh. Um, and uh, at college, uh, j- just so that people know, my degree is called biomedical laboratory science. I am constantly surrounded by nerds. Yes. Um, <laughs> so usually... Uh, there isn't really D is nerd culture, but nerd culture is becoming pop culture. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it's changed that it's nerd culture. I think nerd culture is just becoming more a part of the mainstream. Then I mean, we can see that obviously with like superhero movies and stuff. Yeah. That, that's almost not even considered nerd anymore. Like, it's not. I, mm-hmm. yeah, but D and D still feels like it. I don't know. Like in the, in the <laughs> oh, definitely. That I roll in. The, it's like comics have been more accepted than mm-hmm. anything else, oh, yeah. and I was just wondering if D and D was uh, um, that accepted now. Like, if yeah. you was in high school, I know you're saying from your high, and you told people you were playing D and D. Is it like oh, okay? Yeah. Can yeah, I join? It, it, or is it, it, it would like, be like nerd. Well, it depends on the person. <laughs> no one would be like nerd unless it was like in a funny way. Yeah. yeah. Like like if I if I if I told a friend at the time that that I started playing D and D they might jokingly uh, uh, call me a nerd but you know everyone knew that it, it was pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I I do definitely think D and D is always going to be inherently nerdy because what's more nerdy than uh, quantitative imagination? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where I was at the the the, the sports the pretend- nerds the pretending was just like I just. Like as far as my imagination goes, I'm not that good. So the pretending was just like I can't do it. So it's got to be nerdy. That's kind of where my whole thing was. Mm-hmm. I just I can't do it. It's got to yeah. be way nerdier than me. I want to follow up on a couple of things? One, you're right. You're not that good. Two, I love <laughs> your, your your five minute question. You managed to slip in. My birthday's coming up in two weeks. Where are my presents? That was a really, <laughs> really passive aggressive fucking way to throw out that your birthday's coming. Up. It's on the calendar. All right? Yeah, mine for you is in the mail. There you see. <laughs> and so, and for context, over the past two years, uh, Wizards of the Coast grew its revenue seventy two percent to one four one point four billion. That's Jeez. twice Hasbro's overall growth rate. Uh, Hasbro's profits only grew 17% over the period, uh, 17% over the period, while Wizards of the Coast uh, skyrocketed 85%. And that's consistent, kind of leading into the pandemic. They were on an upward curve from both, I think, the the mainstreaming of the uh, of the nerd culture into pop culture, just like Alex said. But then also you have Stranger Things come out, the pandemic starts, you have a glut of virtual tabletops. Um, it's big business now. And, and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, when, when I was younger, it was right, right in the, right on the cusp, right during the middle of the satanic panic. And so it was, you know, 
D and D wasn't a it, it, it was nerdy, but it wasn't like ostracized. Then the satanic panic happened that shoved it into kind of into the closet a little bit, and then it stayed there really until I think fifth edition. I think fifth edition is really where it's blossomed back into more of a mainstream, uh, more of a mainstream deal. Um, but you know, there are there are schools that have D and D clubs now. Um, mm-hmm. our, our community center, our, like the 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 uh, the one up the street from me, I drove by um, and it was like D and D night, and I was like, shit, yeah, man, awesome, <laughs> um, yeah, guys, I'm not going to stop in or anything, but that's cool. You know, <laughs> as you're up. Oh, okay. So, um, my question is more aimed at you guys' Twitter because, like I said, I've followed you guys for a while. Um, okay. Who is the mastermind behind all of these beautifully ridiculous um, character builds that you guys propose on that Twitter feed? So, so uh, that would be my friend Sam. Okay. Uh, I, I met him in preschool. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> He was the DM of the first season of the podcast. He's the one who organized it and put it all together, uh, which is why I took it over because he was working too hard. Uh, He still stays as the uh, main editor because I actually edit all of our promotional monthly one shots. Mm -hmm. Um, He edits the main campaign, but he's currently having a blast playing the character Warren Morris in the Sinner Saga. Uh, all of the shitty ideas are his. Uh, I think most of them he actually does make uh, on the toilet. In his, uh, <laughs> he 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 makes them all in the morning. I think in his his, his morning go his around yeah, the, 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 the morning constitution, the morning yeah. constitutional. Yes. Uh, and then I think he either schedules them or like writes them down and then put and then puts them out later in the day. But he he does definitely just he just spends ten minutes writing them all down uh, and then spaces them out so he doesn't really have to think about it all day because he has plenty of other stuff to do there's the gentleman sojourn also (laughs) shout out to um the the shitty compendium that he wrote and got funded on kickstarter oh nice uh don't know don't know if you guys researched into that no tell Uh, me more. i had nothing to do with it but (laughs) (laughs) it was it was a fun project to get along and i got a free book out of it so uh yeah I, I'm I I'm very impressed with how he's been doing. I do find it very entertaining that the uh, podcast that we have started is more well known for our marketing than our actual podcast. But hey, I don't have an issue with that. <laughs> hey, but but for what it's worth, when I went to go dive into your podcast, I started with yours, not all the way back with his. So take, take well, Sam that. would even tell you to do that. <laughs> like if you were to ask him, he would tell you to start with a Cinder Saga. Well, look, the, the important thing is that you guys are working as a team, and you don't make your DM. Oh no, I knew. It was oh, coming. it's not. A, it's not I, a part I, that. I, it's no, a, no, yeah, I knew no, it was coming. The minute you said, the minute you said, you took over to help your DM from doing all the editing. I said, oh boy, oh, this yeah. is coming. Here it, comes. Here it comes. You know, God forbid you would want the DM to have to DM edit. Promote, <laughs> recruit guests, figure out fucking in his early forties how to be a streamer, uh, among other technology shit that uh, is for young people. God forbid that should happen. But but let's Ugh. talk about let's talk hey, about your resume end. at the end of this. Whew. Hey, I, you know that yeah, it'll be great. Uh, I'll be dead, but it'll be great. Uh, <laughs> here lies an accomplished well. Minor league person in the community at best. I mean, really, it took him a year to figure out how to resize window frames on a streaming server. <laughs> you'll, you'll be up in heaven, and Jesus is like, "Hey, you know how to yeah. set up Streamlabs? 
<laughs> now there, there's there's proof that you have not listened to our podcast because if, in the event there is an afterlife i am not headed north of the equator uh, <laughs> oh i was just making, making no, no, a no, fun no. assumption no dm goes to heaven we all know that exactly exactly goats go to heaven dm straight to hell um mm-hmm. the uh, uh uh no wait it's sheep go to heaven goats go to hell there we go um mm-hmm. so let's talk about dm and the the uh the show because i did i didn't get too far into it as we discussed before we went live uh, just got about a little bit into the first episode but you guys are a western um post-conflict um mm-hmm. magic ostracized mm-hmm. uh uh setting what what made before we kind of get into the individual particulars of it, what made you pick western specifically as the backdrop for the for this fantasy piece oh i think i just wanted to do it i think it was mainly a vibe thing mm. um i mean uh, we're big fran- fans of Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam is really Solid into Western game. movies. I'm actually not as much into Western movies as he is. I tried what? to I tried to watch a few f- as research, but mm-hmm. I still haven't watched enough. I've definitely enjoyed them. Uh, love Rango. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask, I am a fan of Westerns. Which ones did you watch? Thank you. That's oh my God, I got to remember what they're called. <laughs> yeah, I I, well, I grew up on a cattle ranch, and then also half of that time in Texas. So I like that was here, here's breakfast and a John Wayne movie. Um, <laughs> so, was was Tombstone at least on the list? It was on the list. We never got to it though. Oh, I was watching with a friend of mine, and it was like it was like not available when when we were gonna watch it. Hot take. Uh, I think was Unforgiven Whoa. one of them. Yeah, Unforgiven. Unforgiven. One of my favorite. Unforgiven. That, that one was man. good. I really yeah. like that one. Unforgiven is great. Tombstone's right. highly overrated. I have a I have a uh, guilty pleasure for the Quick and the Dead. It's on mm. Netflix. So if you want to mm. watch that one, Gene Hackman's in it, so you can't go wrong with it. And, and Gene Sharon Hackman, Stone. Sharon Stone, Russell Crowe, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Ooh. <laughs> so, let me make some notes y'all give me y'all give me tidbits here uh, <laughs> i'm trying to get the like the real popcorny one that came out in 85 yeah uh silverado oh silverado yeah. yeah it is it is cheesy as fuck but who else is in that guy hang on i'm pulling i think up. uh danny glover's uh, in silverado uh, kevin klein i kevin think we Cost. i think we watched young guns okay yeah okay i was okay <laughs> I just I, I I do like the genre. I don't know. I just I don't know. Yeah, Danny something Glover. Ab- Danny Glover is in Silverado. He's in Silverado. Yeah. yeah. There's there's something about the genre and the pacing and the way the like a western has a certain pace to it that's slow and just long shots. I just love the way westerns are shot, and it's just yeah. It's just, well, you straight up pattern Todd after Clint Eastwood's I, Man with No Name. I definitely did. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's definitely the vibe that we're going for. Um, and I think that actually fits well with my style of DMing or the very least my style of speaking because mm-hmm. uh, I have a little bit of a stutter and I am very deliberate with my pacing when I talk. So I'll, I'll have like kind of weird pacing between phrases sometimes that sounds like I'm speaking in a slow, methodical way that'll enhance the atmosphere of this of this slow, deep Western. But it's really just me trying to not trip over my words. Um, but I think it's been going pretty well. The idea for it, um, this helped spawn it into a Western. Uh, the main idea for the campaign was just the word Arkwind. Mm. I was like that's a word that sounds cool. What is that? And then spiraled. Yeah, it's um, it's I, I don't know. It's, I, if if we did another 
campaign or when we do our next campaign, which is still a ways out for us, it will definitely be, I think, a little bit more genre oriented. We're going to have a Western stint during Eldrin's arc, not spoiling anything, but we, we've patterned ours. We do, we do the very traditional five MacGuffin, you know, five cast members, five MacGuffins, five. Oh, arcs, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so the, um, the, you know, we're shooting for a different, different genre inspirations for each one of those, or at least I, I'm shooting Ooh, for, different genre inspirations for each one of those. That's cool. Uh, uh, you know, the ranging from uh, 1970s, eight, early eighties swamp ploitation films, uh, which is a weird, weird deep, deep cut, but they're there. Swamp ploitation. <laughs> they're there. Uh, Gator's a film. Uh, <laughs> time, time out, time out, time out, time out. Uh, we might be having audio issues. <gasps> Gasp. Uh-oh. Whose fault is it? Can y'all hear us? Uh oh. Wait, what? It's in. Uh, yeah, that's, that's me what, asking the chat. Uh, I was like, who the fuck is serial killer? <laughs> oh, you know what? Look at this. Corona, I forgot there were people here. Hello, people. Let me see if this works now. Boop. Hey, look at this. Do you like my window? What I can't close now? it. My blinds broke. Is that better now? Can they hear us now? Uh, let's find out. I've got the stream. Yeah, I've got it up right now, too. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, it, it probably. Let me see if I'm unmuted. Boop. I think. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I don't think it's picking me. Sounds no, good. It's, it's fine. It's okay. Fine. All, right. All right. Sorry, we got uh, our our compatriot Jamie texted us and said that he wasn't able to hear. Nope, and so didn't want to do that. Didn't <coughs> want to do that. See, there you go, Jamie. I, was, I used the word patriot in there just for you. No, I don't think I don't think my mic is. Actually yeah, go, Jamie. <laughs> no, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right, Jazz, you're up because I don't think anybody. No, I know uh, my audio is not coming through. I got to fix that while you guys talk. Oh, all right. Sorry. Or I'm sorry, Harlan. Are you up on questions? I was up on questions. Well, then you you I, didn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have another. I didn't have another question. Come up with a question. Come up with a question, quick. I, I did ask him. I asked him about the westerns, but that we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll slide. We'll slide. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at just document that you gave me. Can you? Can you summarize like your the world that you're in? Because I'm seeing something was like magic is viewed as extremely dangerous, and I'm like, that seems like D and D. Like, if you take magic out of your world or the 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 the, the lack of use of it, it seems like what what do you have? Do you want me to explain it to you plainly or in a stylistic way? Ooh, stylistic dealer's please. choice. I would say dealer's choice. The world is Zephyria, a barren hellscape known only for various loca locations such as the Brinelands, all that remains of the oceans that dried up long ago, now toxic polluted sludge. There is the Scorched Mountains, a mountain range that rises high up, higher than it should, for all that remains from the previous continents is now forced deep into the sky. The ozone layer above such areas is burned away. One of the most hospitable areas was known as the Storming Sands, known for frequent sandstorms. However, that is much preferred to salty air that can burn your skin and the harsh beating radiation of the sun boiling it off your body. But something bad has happened. 10 or 15 years ago, a storm appeared, unlike any other. This storm didn't go away. 
And when it appeared, all magic on Zephyria stopped working for 12 hours. However, during this time, the Philane Empire was flying in the skies in their magical cities. Not caring what the people on the surface were doing, that is, until the anti-magic of the Arkwind turned all of their anti-gravity off. And all of those cities fell to the ground. The High Philane, those who were in charge of the Empire at the time, weren't very happy and they were the most of the survivors, given their magical capabilities. They saw this new situation as an opportunity, as opposed to a disaster. What they saw was land they can assimilate into, cultures they can perhaps put their stranglehold over so that they can once again gain control over Zephyria. And thus, war started. It was less a war, well, it started a war primarily through, from, between the Drakthili and the Philane, who are two cultural groups of the same people that splintered off long ago when the oceans dried up. But over time, that war turned into more of a differing of ideals. The war was ended by the Hydro Collective, a Philane company that previously was known for their capabilities of harvesting water from clouds. They decided to put their energies to work, creating pure water on the, on the floor of the earth as, instead. Now, that company controls the storming sands, and they outlawed magic so that no war can start again, and so that they can remain in control. Hey, there you go. And hey, look, my audio's working. Um, <laughs> Ooh, spooky. <laughs> so um, that's that's the gist of it. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How, how spoilery do we want to get? Do we just want this to be a preview of, of the campaign, or am I going to get fully into this? Your, your call, man. Um, oh. it's, uh, we're, we're here for it. Uh, so, you know, we will rebroadcast this as pod- podcast in the podcast stream in about, uh, probably about six weeks at this point with, the, with our lifetime uh, between the, the live stream and the actual audio. So, um, I would say my, uh, my advice would be give as much away as you think will hook somebody in to get them listening. Um, our our page Patrons and our followers are really good about supporting people who come on the show. So Aww, um, thanks, guys. <laughs> Wet the whistles a little bit and leave them wanting more. So mm. um, let's talk about uh, a little bit in, in the setting side of things. So I know uh, I did get a, you've got your one primary race um, is got some tiefling elements, but then some non tiefling elements. And there's at least one cactus man. Um, yes. Uh, what other kind of homebrewy okay. um, species are we getting into? So, oh, I have a whole f- home brewery doc for this that I should have pulled up early. Nice. So, all of the races in this game are homebrew. Oh, cool, cool, cool. All cool. of them. Uh, however, for for the extent of it, a lot of them are like rewritten versions of five E uh, races. So, yeah. all of the the Philane function kind of weird. They have two sets of sub races depending on if they're like Eastern or Western Philane, and then okay. high, mid, low, which is just class 
uh, structure. Right. And that essentially encompasses all of like elves, humans, dwarves, halflings. That is all in that net. Okay. The Drakthili, who are, again, like I mentioned, technically the same race, but they splintered off like centuries ago. Right. So that they do start to, you start to see trends in uh, physical features, like lean more towards uh, people that would, you know, pe- uh, how, do I, how do I describe this? You, hmm. I guess I can, I can, I can uh, go by this by saying, uh, you'll notice the the Flayne are very magical in the sense of arcana, but the Drakthili are very magical in the sense of like nature and druidic magic. Oh, there you go. And then, um, so because of that, uh, the Drakthili do tend to like take on the more uh, like they you'll still have like more prominent horns and stuff right. like that. Um, and the uh, Fulane, uh do like see larger ears as like a sign of intelligence, but it's mm-hmm. not like it's just viewed like, oh, that person has large ears. That must mean they have good brain, like that, right. that, that kind of dumb right. stuff. Right. Um, so there are like physical dimorphisms, mm-hmm. but it varies wildly. So you could you could have someone who's Drakthili who who looks like very well like they could be high filet and like vice versa ah okay okay uh the um so the you've got the you've got the direct and the the filet and then you've got what the what's the what are the cactus guys called so when the arc wind appeared uh it awakened cactus mm-hmm. well cacti uh a lot of them into things called cactins Cactons, uh, if anyone's a Doctor Who fan, function a lot like weeping angels oh, in that uh, they move very quickly when they're not being looked at. Oh, that's uh, cool. So they also draw inspiration from Cactuar from Final mm-hmm. Fantasy games. Yep. Okay, yep. I was, it was happening in my mm-hmm. head. It's, it's, a, it's a mixture of those. So cactus people are fully awakened cactin. Right. Uh, ones that are like fully granted sentience because normal cactin are essentially beasts. They're, oh, okay. they're, they move in herds. So they look like 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 full like essentially cacti forests so people will like roam into these cacti forests just walking through thinking it's just a bunch of normal cacti and then they turn around and notice hey why are all of the cacti closer to me it's because they're being hunted (laughs) Uh, yeah the the cactin are fully carnivorous Nice, nice. That's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. That's, that. It's terrifying. Uh, and Sean's character is a fully awakened version of a cactus. No, so dude, he is. I, I love that because I know I, there. There's a scene where he keeps forgetting and he keeps trying to shake people's hands. I think that was the last scene that I got to that it didn't. And, and mm-hmm. like even at this point, it's like, yeah, man, I just I can't I can't I keep forgetting. I don't. I, I shouldn't be touching these these humans. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's an it's a nice element to it. Um, so what? So uh, as far as the other, so you've got you've got your one character, uh, and then you've got uh, that is the is is he says so your main. I, I don't want to say main character, but <laughs> you've, uh, you've got um, you've got your who else who else kind of rounds out the the party. So we also have uh, Michael who plays a lizard, which is just a lizard folk more or less. However, instead of having a hold breath feature, they have a slow metabolism feature. Oh, that's cool. 
um, which is actually something I wrote a while ago when I ran just a fantasy desert themed game because I thought, well, I want there to be lizard folk here and lizard desert lizards exist. So I just looked up some tidbits about lizards that live in the desert and I was like, okay, I'll just make it so that they can have, they have to consume half as much water and food to survive. And that was pretty much it. And I gave him that instead of the, um, instead of the hold breath lazards uh, as a culture in this world are nomadic in a sense that they they set up these things called lounges which mm-hmm. are like little caves that that are essentially pit stops um and they'll like roam around visiting lounges saying their highs and their hoes uh as they're going around nice mm-hmm. so uh harlan are you up or is jazz up on question <laughs> jazz, jazz. <laughs> i can't keep track of initiative even when there's just three people <laughs> This is, this it's, is, it's, yeah. it's it's me because you skipped me earlier. We you definitely oh, well, All right, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, as I'm reading over the notes that you gave us here, I noticed something in your creatures section, and this is probably be me being vain, but I need to know oh where did you get the inspiration for this creature named Jazz, uh, this five headed huge flying eagle. It wasn't okay. you. I <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> it wasn't you. I don't remember where I had this fucking good. I just know that I it's it's just the craziest thing. So um I this hasn't actually come up in the podcast yet. It came up in a way that someone came across a turba, which is like a turtle looking creature with an axolotl head and like a mm-hmm. large flat tail, and rolled like a really bad nature check. And I was like, well, you know, there's some creature in the storming sands that uh when its head is cut off, it doesn't it the head explodes uh that's what jazzes are jazzes are five-headed giant eagles whose heads explode when they're cut off (laughs) but not named after jazz is the important thing i don't (laughs) i don't even know i don't does your head explode um only when everybody tells me that i'm doing things well Mm. oh well you're Mm. doing a great job Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. the fact that that actually made me flinch (laughs) There's, there's, so, <laughs> there's so many other ways I want to go with that. Uh, Harland, you're up. What Harland is can be up. Yeah, you're up. Because <laughs> if you want more time to to do to don't find don't, a question, no, no, I, don't play I, nice I have more him. players I can talk. Don't about play nice characters. with him. Let him let him let him struggle a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm definitely struggling. I don't know why. First of all, I do like some looking at some of the names of these places. Uh, Philadelphia was they're pretty all cool. o- they're all over the place. <laughs> yes, but uh, the fav- my favorite, where is it at? Is Dickville? What is it called? New Dicksburg. <laughs> yeah, New Dicksburg. They actually <laughs> just got there in the podcast. Like the very last episode is titled New Dicksburg. Nice. <laughs> yep. uh, uh, what can we did- learn about New Dicksburg? So New Dicksburg was uh, was made was founded by Richard Way. Uh, after, as I mentioned, the flamed flying cities fell to the ground, a lot of bandits built bandit hideouts in the remains of those cities. Dixburg mm-hmm. was one of those. Mm-hmm. However, the city that Dixburg was built into was more or less like a magical weapon research facility, and it exploded. Um, so out of the remains of Dixburg and that city, New Dixburg was founded. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, and it is still a bandit hideout. It is the location of the mix, which is the uh, uh, gang of Clint McCracken. 
the legendary bandit. You, you guys shy away from the from the dick jokes because on our podcast we don't we we go we go full on dick jokes. We the, uh, the oh <laughs> full on full on. Would full you say on. that you go hard with them? We go we go yeah we, long, <laughs> long and deep yeah, yeah long yeah. and deep <laughs> balls to the wall with you. There is, <laughs> that's the one's going to, yeah. yeah no with the uh, the role for girth will live in infamy forever. We, it's mm. it's a taint that we carry with us on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the four skeins. Yeah, Clint yeah. McCracken is a is a is a classic name. I Very, think we've had a film McCracken on our show. <laughs> yes. well, I believe oh. so. So, uh, if you want a little bit more lore, uh, this is about the Drakfili. Okay, they have a like a ritual when they reach, uh, like bar mitzvah age, pretty much, <laughs> mm-hmm. where they're tasked to go on a journey to find all of the Drakfili tribes and spend like a week with them so that at the very end of it, they can decide who they want to be. That includes giving themselves a name because um, they start with like a, like a nickname that their parents give them. Um, and then when they pre- complete this ritual, they decide what their own name is. However, because most people doing this ritual were preteens when they did it, some of them have very silly names, such as Clint McCracken. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I I think that's pretty awesome lore. Yeah. I like I I actually that's think good. naming yourself when you get to a certain age is actually pretty cool. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, I've decided who I am, and now <laughs> I know what you must call me. Depends on the age. I mean, let's be honest. If 16-year-olds could name themselves right now, there'd be a lot of dudes named Wienermobile69420 <laughs> and the... Uh, in Bodie the, McBoatface. Bodie McDooderton here. But then, wait, but that's the best part about it because that's your name. Because you're now a 40 year old. Yeah, it's like a Sony Sony fucking gamer tag. You're not changing that shit. (laughs) Fuck you. This is who you are. You You went on your your fantasy rum springer, and that was it. That was Mm -hmm. it. I really like that part. (laughs) No, that is cool. I do like that. And yes, that would produce just a bunch of uh, ridiculous, ridiculous (laughs) names for sure. Oh, that's just, beautiful. Uh, it's really fantastic. disappointing because no one wanted to play a Drakthili. <laughs> oh. So they didn't be able to name themselves. The group I wrote the thing. most lore about <laughs> by far. <laughs> like there's like diff- I wrote different cultures for like different regions because there's a tr- yeah. there's like groups of them that live in the Scorch Mountains. None of them wanted to play one. Uh. <laughs> well, no, instead we have a lizard, a cactus man, a glass person that I'll get to in a second. And uh, a dude. (laughs) And and a dude. So let's talk about the dude, and then we'll get to the glass person. No, let's talk about the glass person. You want to talk about the glass person? So the glass person person is named 420-G9. Spell that out in your head real quick so you know what it looks like. Um, I'll wait. Yep, yep, exactly. There, here we go. It's a capital G, folks, for the chat. Is that is it supposed to be a capital G? Yes. Yes. Uh, got it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that is played by Audrey. Uh, nice, nicely. Fortuodash G nine is a harbinger. Harbingers are a group of kind of construct people who were created by the culture that predates predates the drying up of the of the oceans. 
They mm. were created by mages back then as a way of like preserving culture. They created this group of, at the time they were sand people. Um, well, when I say that, I mean, people made of sand uh, to be like, okay, this is a group of people that literally can't die. So whenever Audrey's character is killed, she will be gone for in like a random amount of time. That would be like a multiple of years, but her character will come back. The Harbingers cannot die. And every time they die, part of their body turns into glass. Oh, that's cool. her character has died so many times that she is now fully glass. <laughs> oh. so how does that play out mechanically? Um, so, I mean, it's not like she's stiff or can't move or anything. I, I don't really do anything for, for the mechanics of that. Cause I, it's just a fun aesthetic. Yeah. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know if it was going to uh, produce like a vulnerability to bludgeoning or anything like that. No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You're, um, you're a kinder, more sophisticated <laughs> GM than some, sir. I, my, I dip my hat to you for your, I would, I would punish, but that's, that's you're, you I'm killed me. You're an asshole. <laughs> you had it coming. I did, I did, but what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> doesn't make you any less of an asshole. Uh, who's up on the questions? Who gets uh, to ask about the dude? Wait, what? Oh, Harland, you're up. Nope. What? No. What? No, no, it's, it's, it's me, it's me, it's me. Okay, so I was going to ask about the dude, but since Turner suggested it, we're going to pivot to something else. Um, so what has been your favorite, I guess, like... Um, I guess scene or uh, I guess like mini oh. mini incident that has happened during your during your uh, during your sessions. And and who's your favorite child, pet, Fuck. and family member while you're at it? That's, that's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, uh, I don't have any children. Right. Uh, <laughs> my favorite pet is Mushka. Uh, she's she's a little black cat. The very tip of her hit her tail is white. Um, she's a bitch though. Uh, <laughs> she's just the worst. She's such she she's so mean. um and i don't know oh favorite scene that's really rough i would say we have a lot of really good scenes i mean we're we're primarily a comedy podcast but Mm -hmm. we do do a very good job of of pretty being really dramatic sometimes Mm -hmm. um the one i'm thinking about right now is not out yet unfortunately um but all i'm gonna say is that there is a quick draw duel um and something unexpected happens in it uh and it is is a very fun time uh another really good moment was um oh oh i know what i want to talk about so this is actually gonna i get to knock out two things in one because i get to talk about the dude now Okay. Um, Because it involves him. So the last player is Sam, the guy, the shitty idea guy who plays Warren Morris. Warren Morris was a, he was on the board of the, of the Hydro Collective, that company that uh, monopolizes water and has control over this large region that has the, the eternal storm in it. Um, However, however, uh, he was exiled from it. And uh, something very bad happened in it involving his adopted daughter. Uh, and he uh, essentially uh, found his way to the eternal storm. And then he walked out of it five years later mm, okay. with like no memory of what happened in between. So that's a little context for, for who that person is. My favorite moment 
is when I revealed uh, a, a file that the group found as they were raiding the, a research uh, base. And it was like research for designing a weapon or essentially a weapon that can turn people into glass, mm -hmm. um, but not like the Harbinger's like actually like dead. Oh, right. Gotcha. Uh, and there's a, there's a reason for that uh, and that I will get to later. But while they were there, they found a file that the, pers the person running the facility had hidden away called Project Alice. Alice was the name of Warren's adopted daughter, who Warren thought was dead. The file revealed that she is very much alive, and the collective has been observing her as if... This is, this is going to be... Is, I, should, I might just read out what Project Alice is to you guys, because our... Our audience should should know if they're up to date what is in Project Alice. Go for so it. what's in the file, I guess. So I'm gonna find that real quick. Um let's see how long this takes. <laughs> as I quick as I quickly search through my through my Google Drive. No, no, that's quite all right. You're already more organized as a DM than I am. I uh, I have like uh, papers hanging down from the ceiling when it comes to this stuff. Great. Uh, so I found it. Uh, imagine that your uh, adopted daughter was killed by your boss. Great. Everyone has that idea? Okay. Cool. Your adopted daughter's name is Alice. As far as you know, she is dead. Suddenly, you come across a file called Project Alice on it. You look inside and it says, uh, and I'm going to go through the whole thing now. Subject goes by the name Alice. Subject appears to have taken the form of an adolescent female. Subject's weight and height are average. There are no discernible physical features. Subject appears to age at a normal rate. Subject was initially found in the possession of the sinner, Warren Morris. Morris appeared to be unaware of the subject's condition. Theory, subject is mimicking a child for protection, manipulating Morris into a father figure position for further protection and to give ground to its deception. Subject's previous whereabouts are unknown. No legitimate records of the subject's existence have been found. When questioned, the subject claims to have been adopted by Morris. Subject also claims to have been orphaned during the Afterfall War, which is the war that I mentioned earlier. Subject appears to be immune to the effects of most crystal-based Philane Arcanum, particularly enchantment magic. magic. Subject has reoccurring dream of a woman in a sandstorm, claiming this to be its mother. Theory, subject's abilities and dreams are related to the arc wind. Its magical resistance is proven to be the same type as the anti-magic fields pr produced by the storm. Finding its mother and learning more about it can help the collective destroy the arc wind. Subject is currently located in truth water under the watchful eye and supervision of collective president Dolly Pine. So now imagine that you just learned that your adopted daughter is being experimented on and uh, actively kept by your boss that you thought killed them. But mm. also might be an alien? But also might be an alien. Okay. That's... You, you take the good with the bad, man. It's adopted daughter, <laughs> you're an alien, you got to fully accept her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do understand that this out of context does not feel very Western. <laughs> but it no, can. but I, I no, love the it, fact that you've yeah, got all of that going on in a weapon. What you're saying is a Western theme. Like that's it's it's the huge meshing of all these different things. I, yeah. I love stuff. Have like you that. seen Cowboys and Aliens? Well, yeah, there's not even. I mean, there are some things that are 
pretty consistent with the Western genre that, that leaned to that one. There's, you know, there is, you know, very frequently a anti-capitalist message. So a lot of like the big rancher or the big oil man is the one is the bad guy. Um, There is some, some sneaky anti-capitalism in uh, there's very frequently orphan kids or kids that turn out to have a mysterious Uh past. There are a lot of, very fantasy adjacent adjacent elements to you know there's a lot of mercenaries a lot of swords for hire guns for hire mm. kind of deal um it, there there's a, a more analogs than people would think and that's i think one of the reasons why i'm so intrigued on how well they bolt together when you do stuff like that and you know and i'm a i'm a big believer too in you know mix genres take a little bit here take a little bit from there um i i am i'm not a huge steampunk guy but i do believe in mashing tech into fantasy stuff and doing cool stuff with that mm-hmm. and, you know because that is to me the the silly logical progression of okay you know it's a combustion engine or it's a magical engine it's still they're still going to push it along that way over time so that's cool man so is the is the daughter um is the quest now uh, without giving too much away to engage with the daughter are they looking for her mother where is the where is where is her role kind of in the overall um crux of the story or is that given too much away so no no that's that's fine. So um crux of the story I'm thinking based on what my audience currently knows and they can probably assume uh that the party definitely would like to go to Truthwater to uh, at the very least see what is up with this situation but that is the primary uh objective for them at the situation. Um uh I think they're they're very they're they're very immediate thing that they're doing is trying to garner support because uh activity wise they did just destroy the research facility that they were at um and when i say research facility it was actually uh <laughs> a little background it's called catalina the town was built actually right after the uh, appearance of the Arkwind right after the fall, and it was built by the High Felain to essentially be a tourist town because mm. they were like, "Oh, this area is so pretty. Let's let's build let's build a little resort here so we can have fun." Uh, they were built it on the edge of what is known as Death Valley because that valley is absolutely filled with monsters. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so the town was overrun with such and <laughs> abandoned. The Hydro Collective took up the resort and built a research facility under it because they captured a monster called a Graver or a Sand Viperdillo um, to use its inherent magic to create this weapon that can turn people into glass. Because Gravers are essentially the dragons of this world. They have a breath weapon that turns people into glass. Wow. Okay. Shit. I'm not gonna let you just go over sand viperdillo. Like yeah, a, like no. a viper what? and an armadillo mixed together. Oh, that's what they look like. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, okay, so imagine probably about the size of an elephant, uh, <laughs> heavily armored with like an armadillo torso, like razor claws that are each like probably like four feet long, um, and like full viper head, and then back into the tail. Uh, they burrow. But when they're burrowing through the sand, it just looks like the sand's just moving. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have uh, they actually have they actually have rattles on their tails. Uh, but because they're so big, the rattles sound like rain sticks. Oh, that's cool. 
the Viper Dillo. So yes. there's a whole warning of like, oh, if you hear the sound of rain and under clear skies, just fucking run. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the one of the things that I put into at the beginning of my player doc is don't try to fight a graver mm. because fun they fact, will lose. Fun <sighs> fact: Death Valley, all in real life, also filled with monsters. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't know that uh, Tremors documentary. They fade it up <laughs> as, a, um, as a victim, movie. but um, that's about Death Valley. But Graboids, they exist. Yes, sir. <laughs> With a name like Graboids, how could they be fake? Jazz, you're up. I was, wasn't I nope, just you're up. Nope, you're up. Nope, you're up. Nope, you're up. Oh, man, I was about to take another sip. Um, okay. <laughs> so I was scrolling through your weapons and I noticed there's a lot of firearms in place in yes. play here. So um, what was it like having to, uh, I guess, more or less homebrew your firearm mechanics and how does that play out with all the different guns you've got here? So if you don't mind telling us about them. Oh, no, that's, that's fine. There's firearm stats in the DMG at some point. I'm yeah. based off of those, adapted it a little bit for what I want. Um, I and I looked online at other people's things to see what other people did because, yeah. you know, it, it's reliable. I, I do some homebrew uh, here and there. Uh, I used to do a lot, but then that was just a hyper-focus for a bit. Um, but the the guns, I, hmm, I like the gun mechanics because there actually is a lot you can do with ranged combat in 5th edition if you mm-hmm. start to consider things like cover. Yeah. And uh, movement, positioning, and then me as a DM can throw in a little environmental hazards here and there and be like, oh, yeah, there's a chandelier over those two guys. Or, um, oh, yeah, they fully have a barrel, barrel of uh, moonshine. And the players can be like, oh, yeah, I can set that on fire with my gun or I can shoot that and knock them down. So you can you can start to have those those little interactive moments so that um the the people who are just firing guns can do uh do cool stuff so so that it can it can feel like a like a true like high um i don't want to say i guess high fantasy western with like the the, with the like the dial up on on the on the crazy stunts and stuff uh lore wise guns were created by the drock theory uh, initially as a way to hunt gravers. Um, but their prominence grew rapidly during the Afterfall War because, um, you know, best way to fight off someone throwing fireballs at you is with a sniper rifle. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, we um, we tried to introduce firearms to our campaign, but Ta- Harlan's character was such a dick to the guy trying to sell him. It not only queered the deal, but also... <laughs> Um, gave him a reputation with all the artificers in the artificers in the city. Uh, wow! Going for, yeah, going forward. What did you now. do? <laughs> well, first of all, in a, in a in a campaign where money was not really given to me, I had oh. to try to talk oh. my. I had to oh. try to get a talk. job. Come on. What is this socialist propaganda you're bringing <laughs> to my podcast? I had to try to talk them down from their ridiculous price. <laughs> Mm. And was it that ridiculous? I don't remember being that ridiculous. Let's see. see. What was your counter offer? You got quoted a price, keeping in mind this is a negotiation, one that was was intentionally (laughs) priced high to work you towards having to do something, some kind of adventure or magically thing for this guy, much like your motorcycle being worked on has now got you in a wacky racers uh, road race coming up. (laughs) Uh, You countered with zero. Just give it to me. (laughs) 
uh, was your counter. What did, listen, yeah, what did you expect? And listen, then, I wanted to meet somewhere in the middle, right? <laughs> like you go somewhere in the middle. Listen, listen, listen. And then went the art, art of the deal. Here it is. Art of the deal. Then, then you went you art go of the high, deal, baby. I go low, and we meet in the middle. I didn't like his how high he was. He obviously didn't like how low I came. So that's how you start. Like your price is ridiculous. Well, your price is ridiculous. Well, then let's work something out. But they just started hating me, and they. they <laughs> do anything else yeah yeah i i I don't i i mean if only we had that on recorded somewhere so we could play that back to you at some point so you can (laughs) hear how your tone was is not as even keeled a negotiation as you seem to think it was (laughs) i was very new i didn't understand how this worked (laughs) i should have intimidated you didn't intimidate how how exchanging money for goods and services worked you're right what a bizarre fantasy world of mystical I go low and we meet in the middle. That's how it goes, right? Isn't that how it goes? I feel like you went too, I think I think you just went too low. See, he went too yeah, high. That's, just, that's a lesson I, for I was mm, just I was trying to go, listen, I'm, your prices are ridiculous. So my price is ridiculous. Let's even let's not make some so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I will I will try this out. I, I I may be buying a car in the immediate future. I will go into the dealership. <laughs> was zero. And I'll go, hear what you're saying. But let me instead offer this number and I will write zero, hold <laughs> it up on a piece of paper and slide it across for them and then film their response. Oh my god, <laughs> getting escorted oh no. from the fucking dealership. Please, please do it and put it on TikTok. <laughs> listen, listen, it may not work in real life, fantasy world. Much, but I had a good, strong play there. I thought my play was strong. <laughs> Oh, perhaps, perhaps this number would be more to your liking. <laughs> Charlie said, "My bullshit always works sometimes." <laughs> oh no! So, so did you did you play before you started podcasting, or did you kind of jump into it kind of at the same time? Oh, for how long I've been playing D anD D? Yeah. So no, I've definitely played before. Uh, I started playing end of junior year of high school, so about four years ago. Oh God! What is what is this? <laughs> I noticed how the youth, jazz. I noticed the youth, the whole squad. So, uh, yeah, I started playing. Uh, I, my first character was a was a tiefling wizard necromancer. Uh, uh, his name was Vitari Motus. Uh, and uh, a few months after that, I started DMing because a friend had was like right about to start a campaign, but then had like a family issue and couldn't run it anymore. And my other friend texted me and was just like, Hey, how do you feel about running a game? And I was like, I can, I can prep a campaign tonight. Sure. Uh, so that's how I started DMing and uh, it's we've been running ever since then. Uh, Sam and I didn't go to the same high school. So we were kind of disconnected for a bit. Until I had him join my that D and D game that I started, that campaign that I started impromptu because someone else couldn't do it, uh, and that campaign is still going today. Nice. Uh, and that's how Sam and I reconnected. And then eventually, uh, during the pandemic, he or was that during the pandemic or was it before the pandemic? I don't remember anymore. Time isn't. Yeah. Time isn't real. Time is uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he asked me if I wanted to join the podcast he was starting, and I was like, hell yeah, man, sure, let's do a podcast, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. So, you mean somebody actually told you that they were starting a podcast and then asked you to join it? 
whenever you, you know, got into your podcast. And not so much of a setup of like, hey, guys, you want to play some D&D? That's yeah, not what the guys, question was. Do you, All right, do you, do you guys, really want to go to this you, story? So, <laughs> right, so you guys really want to go to this story? Okay. It was, hey, the other podcast I'm on isn't going to work out. I want to start my own thing. Do mm. you guys want to be on the podcast and play D&D? Harlan was like, d and for nerds. I've never done it, but I'll do it. And Jamie said, sure. And Aunt Mike went, I'm moving to Germany. And then Andrew said yes. And then Jazz and Anthony said no. And then they heard Harlan talking about it and went, oh, if Harlan's playing, then I guess we'll go ahead and join the wow. podcast. And it was like, oh, wow. Guys I am killing you fuckers in the third act. You don't know, that, but it's coming. It's coming. Uh, so, I, don't, uh, I don't believe that's how that conversation oh, went. I don't remember exactly going like that. Exactly. No. Oh, Harlan's playing? And because I was. Having gone through what I'd gone through with my previous group, I went, look, I'll be very clear. This isn't just, hey, we're going to play D&D together and record it. This is, uh-huh. hey, we are going to do a podcast. There's going to be some other things it's that different. go into yeah. it. Definitely. Yeah. The conversation to me definitely felt like it was a conversation of we're just going to play some D&D and record it. But no, I Tur- I, Turner's, I, Turner's I, probably that's right. That's how they wrote I mean, you in. Let me, but, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Look, let me be perfectly clear. The last group of guys that I recorded with, great group of guys, very nice, but didn't have a clear... Uh, that's what it kind of started off as. Hey, our D&D games are fun. Let's record them and broadcast them, which is great. If your D&D games are fun, fucking play D&D. If you want to do a D&D podcast, understand that there's a different level of commitment. There's a different style of play. I have asked these guys to do a ton of extra shit since then, like tonight showing up on a Wednesday to talk to another podcast. And they've been great about it for, for what it's worth, but Mm -hmm. for the, let the record show, (laughs) I was very, very explicit about it being a podcast and two, jazz and Anthony turned me the fuck down until they heard Harlan was playing. So it's because Harlan was talking so much shit about it. Yeah. yeah, that's (laughs) I know. I know why it was. I mean, it's functionally another job, one a fun job yeah. to be sure, right. but like, it is. Head off to Turner because Jesus fucking Christ! Don't 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 <laughs> listen. I get to deflect for like a solid like four months to everybody you else. Oh, you you do you do you've been doing it right. You've been doing so it as okay. you as you go to shame us, I'm just like that. He's not talking about me though. He's talking about the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz probably fell asleep before the full explanation. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to Drinkit's comments. Drinkit's been in chat for like 30 seconds. Has already burned Jazz. Good job, Drinkit. <laughs> Still wrong about Star Wars. Uh, did wow. you explain it later than 9 p.m.? No, no, Harlan's bedtime is 9 p.m. Jazz just falls asleep after he eats a cheesecake. Makes <laughs> and then consumes a cheesecake. And then, <laughs> oh. blacks, then blacks out during a Time destiny out. raid. Time out. Who doesn't go to sleep after eating an entire cheesecake? Who who makes a cheesecake while you're in the middle of a raid? I don't think I'd be able to. If I ate an entire cheesecake, my insides would explode. Yeah. You're out. young. You're young. Your Hold insides on. would be perfectly Listen, fine. This is the perfect. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not just intolerant. Oh, so, so, oh is, so is Harlan. Make <laughs> no mistake. <laughs> so is Harlan. I'm, so. I'm lower on the evolutionary chain. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I was I was multitasking my ass off. I had Destiny going and a cheesecake in the oven. It was like, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. give me give me a couple minutes. I gotta go take this thing out, and then it finished up, and I had some fucking cheesecake. So yeah, I went to a goddamn cheesecake coma on you guys while we were playing <laughs> Destiny. What about it? <laughs> the best part is we beat the raid the next week without him uh, <laughs> as punishment. <laughs> that's the story of Easter. Uh, no, um, he did come back the next week, and we we did beat it with him. But um, so uh, Jazz Harlan, who's up? One of you. Carla. It would it would be me. Um, you mentioned earlier 
like dueling. How does a duel work? Oh, I'd love to explain it. Yes, please. We've, do. On, we've only had that one so far. Um, and it's because of that dramatic thing happened. It really, it really wasn't a real duel because I knew that dramatic thing was going to happen. There was a character who we were waiting a long time, uh, to be introduced into the campaign. And I saw it as a perfect moment to introduce them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's as spoilery as I will get, uh, for okay. that, because again, okay. it hasn't, it hasn't come up yet, but uh, duels work in uh, three rounds. So first you have your psych out round. You know, in Westerns, there's that little moment where the, the, where the camera is slowly spinning around the, the tool duelists. You have close-ups of their eyes as they're yep. looking each other down mm-hmm. and eyebrow. That is the psych out round. Uh, functionally in the game, the players and whoever they're up against, well, the one player and whoever they're up against because only two people can do it, uh, will either roll a persuasion check, a deception check, or an intimidation check. And it functions rock, paper, scissors style. And I will secretly either give the uh, person they're rolling against advantage or disadvantage, depending on that hierarchy. So I think um, intimidation uh, has advantage over deception. Deception has advantage over persuasion and persuasion have advantage over intimidation. Uh, and the reason it's like that, it. I use those just as a way that it's vibes. It's if you're putting in like a scary vibe and you're trying yeah. to like throw something off your nerves, you're trying to intimidate them. So, and if someone's like putting up a false face and they're being deceptive, they might be weak to that. But if someone is being honest and stoic, then they could be having a more persuasive thing and they could be throwing off someone who's trying to scare someone. They'll be like, this person isn't, isn't scared of me. What's going on? Then they could be thrown off. And it's just, it's just that quick moment, mm-hmm. but before the draw when people are just eyeing each other down and sizing each other up. And then the difference between those roles is then added to the winner's initiative. So you can have a quick draw character who's really good at charisma, but not that good at uh, dexterity because right. they're really good at, at like psyching uh, their opponent out and, and throwing them off their game. That's actually really dope. Sorry. Yeah. Jerry. No, that is uh, a, v- I love that mechanic, man. Yeah. That's, that's, right. yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking very, dope. very, very well done, dude. Very, very well done. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then second thing is just initiative. And then they get to add an extra thing if they won. And then I think we decided if the initiatives are within like two or three points of each other, you both get your shots off, yeah. but the person who lost has disadvantage on their attack. But if you hit and either of them can hit in this situation, it's a triple crit. So you nice. you roll the dice three times. Yeah. Nice. Um, so it does like it does a boatload of damage. So you, yeah. it's it's to be able to one hit kill people. Yeah, and yeah. the reason I did that is because we started really low level in the first campaign, and the players wanted to start higher this game. And I'm right. like, it's a gritty western. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of it, I had to. I had to do a little bit of a workaround with that, but mm-hmm. all I no, it's it just a, it's the right move. Yeah, yeah. no, it. no, it is it is a hundred percent the right move because it's believe me, I have for reasons that will come up in a couple of arcs been muddling over the same. Okay, how do you bring an added level of lethality to that kind of quick draw quick draw mechanic? Um, and, and I really like the direction that you went with it. That 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 is uh, the yeah. the psych out piece of it is really oh, cool. I'm, I, I I say this with all the respect I can muster. I'm stealing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. 
I think it's in the players doc. If you, if it's somewhere, I think it's at the game plan mechanics, homebrew. Yeah. Homebrew rules. You can smite with ranged weapons only if they're within melee range and then dueling, which has the, the quick, the, the psych out round on it. That is super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harlan, uh, oh, wait, is it me? Is it my turn? Is that yes. what you're talking about? So, how are you guys weekly, bi weekly? What's your release schedule look like? So, we release weekly. Um, we just record whenever because what we usually do is that we record for about three hours and then cut that into about 45, three, three 45 minute chunks. And yeah. then we leak release those on a week by week basis. Oh, sorry, hit my mic. Nah, no worries. Um, but uh, which is interesting to dm for because it means that something interesting has to happen every 45 minutes hypothetically as somebody who cuts our three-hour sessions down to two hours you're right hypothetically something i try to make something interesting happen every 45 minutes that is i will tell you that is a hard edit beat sometimes where you're like shit man and that's i've had sleepless nights because it's like okay there is no way i can cut this episode in half and have it one make sense or or cut in a satisfying place sometimes. So yeah, it mm-hmm. does add a a a level of difficulty to to the DMing piece, but also to the editing piece, making sure that you're you're lining that up in in a in a good way. So yeah, um, so kudos on that, man. Yeah, that is that is one of the challenges that I that I deal with because Lord knows if a ton of stuff doesn't happen in an episode, Dreekin in the Discord, it's like, well, it was a great start to the second season, but <laughs> all they really did is go on a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, well that's bullshit only recently in the past few sessions we've been like really keeping track of the time like i'll I'll have a timer and sam will have a timer so that it'll feel like i forgot to start mine he'll like do like this to me on the zoom um <laughs> so that i can know that we're like on time and i should i should do a wrap-up when i yeah, say a wrap-up i'm not actually wrapping anything up i'm just doing a cool note to end on and then we just take a quick break and then audrey goes to the bathroom <laughs> Cool. It's usually it, 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 it's a running bit. Um, the the se- the second the second I say, uh, and then you stare out into the sunset, not knowing if you'll ever see them again. And then we can just end an episode there. Audrey immediately gets up and goes, "I have to pee," and then leaves. <laughs> uh, After we finish ours, I go to sleep like instantly. I got to talk to you later. He's already, he's already dead. He will log out before the audio syncs sometimes. Like, dude, you got to log again and refresh because you passed out before you faster than the speed of modern computing. You were fucking asleep, man. Uh, but you're also up on the questions. Harlan, what do you got? Jazz turn. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's your turn. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. I asked dueling, then Cherno went, then Jazz. We went out of turn. Well, then it's your turn again. Let's bring it back in order. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that works. I don't think that works. It tried to play me. I don't have any questions. Oh, see. All right. So, all right. So, I I do have one because there was a character name that I saw that I wanted to ask about. Uh, Big, big, big Bellum. Big Bellum. Big Bellamy. Biggest dickhead. Yeah. Big Bellamy. Yeah, what what can you tell me about Big Bellamy? Because the name uh, is hilarious to me. Also, not based on you, Jazz. God damn it! Stop asking. (laughs) (laughs) Big Bellamy is a he is a graver. He is a viper dillo. Uh, He is known as the apex predator of the storming sands, the king of Death Valley. Um, He is essentially the scariest motherfucker in the region. Okay. Um, Gravers, I mean, as far as people can tell, aren't 
like sapient like humans are they can't like communicate right um he is very rarely seen but when he is seen it's really scary because as i said a normal graver is like the size of an elephant big bellamy would be like the size of an oliphant from lord of the rings oh shit okay gotcha um he actually in in our catalina arc appears at the very end but the players don't see him because they bailed before he showed up <laughs> so um, smart yeah one of the one of the the catalina arc was fun because there was uh they had the situation they were trying to solve a thing and i was like all right how many things can i make go wrong um one of which was that the graver that they uh captured was big bellamy's mate mm-hmm. and it was mating season Oh, um, so Big Bellamy uh, was essentially uh, breaking into Catalina and just like destroying the whole place, killing everyone there so that he could get his game on, Mm. Uh, you know, rescue his girl. Yeah, very Mario-esque. But Mm -hmm. if Mario was Bowser. (laughs) <laughs> and the princess was also Bowser. <laughs> the princess was a, smaller, <laughs> a different version of Bowser. Yeah. I was going to make a Wabbit season joke, but there's no way you're old enough to get that. So we'll just move on. <laughs> God damn it! I feel so, I'm so old. I'm so old. All my references. I are know what that. Looney Tunes is. I know. I'm just, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's more of a shot at me than it is you. I'm old. I'm old. Can I? Can I ask a? Can I ask a follow up question to my question? Sure. Does Dolly Pine work nine to five? <laughs> oh absolutely okay no i did i did when i was making her think of like all right what's it i, I was just kind of like okay nega dolly dolly parton yeah <laughs> the, nice the uh the official the first episode we recorded in our second season established todd's ringtone as the nine to five because it's a great song unfortunately now i am in that camp as well because harlan has sold it so hard uh, i made the guys make characters for our playlist for all their characters on spotify mm-hmm. uh, and we i forgot about that thing. yeah it's about time for you guys to do a season Ooh, two i should <laughs> make my players do that because i always i actually have like a big one for this campaign that mm-hmm. has like 40 songs on it most of them are like classic western songs i have like three different kinds of big iron yeah um uh but it also it'll occasionally have like really off vibe songs uh that are just related to like certain characters uh like mccracken by bug hunter mm. so we Not got familiar. we've got um I've got my music that I play when I'm when I'm prepping stuff on a list, and then I've got the because a lot of our episode titles are song adjacent, mm. uh, which is the only thing that makes our podcast title make sense. <laughs> um, and, and but so I try and include a track with the song references for that. Sometimes they're just a they're just in a, like this week's was Baculum in action, and it's just a dick joke bone joke actually <laughs> um because one of our players and his characters are obsessed with baculums obsessed <laughs> with baculums um oof, uh and uh, mm-hmm. yeah um the, uh, <laughs> you say that now um but uh but then i made the guys make them and yeah harlan's opened up with nine to five i think i think that's your lead track but it was, yes. it, was it was a super fun exercise and it's one that i would recommend for even for for regular regular ca- uh, you know non non podcast groups because it really does help 
you know, it's a lot of how we define ourselves are by the music that we listen to and kind of getting yourself in the mindset of, okay, well, what would be the tunes that this guy gets down to or this gal gets down to really does help with that characterization a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, um, but the, uh, let's, uh, let's go to the chat here and see if they've got any questions who comes up with all those. Oh, we already Corby, Nikki, it's his, Sam, his partner comes up with the shitty character ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a, ne- a necromancer, wizard, paleontologist who wants to resurrect the dinosaurs. Are people uh, really just sending shitty ideas in the thing? Yeah, they're now just posting your Twitter <laughs> feedback at your your oh, Twitter okay, feedback cool. at you in our. Uh, it's fine. I don't read it anywhere. Uh, please don't make D Jurassic Park. Uh, I play D and D with him. Like yeah. uh, people, people, it's really funny. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, you should do a shitty idea one shot." I'm like, that's just normal D and D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is absolutely normal yeah. D and D. It hundred percent is. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. This is Drekin just talking shit. Secret disadvantage basically sums up my whole relationship with my parents. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, uh, that is also Drekin. Um, Saga's prepping his uh, Saga's prepping for his game tonight. Good luck with that, Saga. Hope you Ooh. have a good session. Um, I think Lee is probably out there at his local game store. I think he normally actually runs a local game as well. Uh, and Lee has actually got a... Um, kind of a, uh, a medical background as well. When you were talking about what you're going to school for after, I was like, oh, dang, I wish Lee was here because he would totally dig on that. Lee, what, oh, is, yeah. what does Lee cool. do, guys? He's, he's got, he, he's a... Oh, my God. Um, biochemist? Yeah. Yeah, one of yeah. Our, our, our number one patron. Uh, <coughs> not that we don't love all of you equally. Uh, the, <laughs> but he is the resident alpha patron. He is the resident alpha patron. First among equals. Uh, the uh, Although uh, some are more equal than others. Um, much like America. Uh, the um, Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. Uh, uh, he's got... Uh, he, he's got... Um, I don't think I don't think it's clinical pathologist. I think it is virologist, right? I, I feel ter- I'm totally blanking on it now for some reason. But um, I'll if, leave it had, uh, if so, your your previous campaign was was more high fantasy, or was that also kind of a different different genre as well? Previous campaign uh, was the Ringbearer Chronicles. It was high fantasy. I played uh, the dwarven fighter Ogar Silvergrass, uh, mm-hmm. who was essentially um, a war criminal who retired to uh, run a tea shop. Mm. Nice. Nice. I like that. Uncle, uncle, uncle Iroh a little bit. Uh, not <laughs> intentionally. No. Okay. All right. All right. But very much so. <laughs> because, <laughs> because that, that was actually going to be my, my next question is uh, outside of like the TTRPG thing, like where do you find like inspiration? Do you watch a lot of anime? Are you a big mm. book reader? Do you steal from like movies? Because I know a, a, a lot of us, and you might be the exception to this, but I know a lot of people who, when they go to start homebrewing things, tend to draw from other uh, forms of media that they've, you know, that they've taken in. So um, I will say the first campaign we did was actually a lot like a lot like the uh, last airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a previous player who's uh, not on the podcast anymore for personal reasons, uh, who basically played if Ang was a, was a college partier. Um, oh, nice. And while I was playing, uh, if, uh, <laughs> if, if uncle Ira was like a beach dad or something like that, um, but like I said, unintentionally, I did not realize he was basically Uncle Iroh until we were like a quarter of the way into the season. <laughs> See, when you said warlord turned 
T uh, shop. I went with the, the other anime on Netflix where assassin turned uh, stay at home dad. Oh, I've got oh, that <laughs> out. So uh, the the something of the house uh, house stay at home house husband. husband. Yeah, way of the stay at home husband. That's yeah. It, yeah. I was super into anime in, when I was in middle school and through high school. There was a time when I was caught up on the One Piece manga. Uh, oh God, at that time go. is now for me. <laughs> I, it's probably still really good. I just fell out of it. Amazing. Uh, and I want to get back into it, but I don't have the time right now. <laughs> uh, and I, I just haven't really been in an anime mood since then. I'd say most of my DM inspiration would probably more come from stuff like video games. Okay. Um, uh, and a lot of inspiration for the Sinner Saga comes from Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Sinner Saga does have a lot of cosmic horror in it, yeah, uh, and 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 also body horror. The very first arc is the players hunting down a strange creature that is uh, that is essentially a false hydra. If any of you know what that is, um, it is a creature that is imperceivable, uh, and it whenever it eats people, people forget about whoever it ate. Uh, it functioned like a false hydra. It wasn't exactly a false hydra. It was actually the corpse of a person who belonged to an underground society who was uh, taken over by a parasitic crystalline pathogen. Hmm. Very, um, which we haven't touched on yet. So I understand it's a little out of left field. Very andro- oh. No, it's, it's a very Andromeda strain esque element to it. I dig. Um, I'm a big Andromeda strain uh, guy. So having we we've got crystals and crystals are a big element of um, of our uh, of our podcast as yeah, well. Yeah, it's it's a big element in the Center Saga as well. Because uh, as I mentioned, Final Fantasy earlier, I love Final Fantasy and yeah. crystals are a huge thing in Final Fantasy. So um, crystals come up in the Center Saga quite a lot. There is. Uh, the Crystal Blight, which is currently infecting one of the uh, player characters, uh, Michael's character, Arthur Arca, the, the Lazard, the lizard person I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, is a Cirque of Spores Druid because he has this crystal uh, infection currently inside him that is sentient enough to um, appear as hallucinations and speak to him. Um, when it speaks to him, it speaks to him uh, choosing the visage of his dead father. Uh, so that's all, those are always fun, fun scenes to do. And, uh, there's other forms, crystals, uh, crystals are used for Felane magic, but that's a different kind of crystal as well as the, uh, crystals that Viper Dillos turn people into and the crystals inside their throats that allow them to do that. All of these are different kinds of crystals that are connected to lore that I actually know exactly what each of these are and what they have to do with things, but I, that'll be all revealed in the end. Hmm. No, that's cool, man. I, I, I dig that. And I appreciate you coming in and being as enthusiastic as you are about your, your world building and your setting and your, your characters and, and what, what you've, what you've built for it. It's all really cool. You'd be sorry. We, we have some people come on. They're like, yeah, we played D and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I, fi- I figured I'm here for an hour and a half. It'd be yeah. weird if I just said I play Dungeons and Dragons. We figure that too, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's it's you know we are we're still figuring out our interview format in in, in a lot yeah. of ways, and it's it always makes it easy for us when we have a guest come on that um, is engaged not just with the with the game and what they're what they're doing in the public ways, but the actual content that they're creating. Um, and um, yeah, unfortunately, just timing. I didn't get to, uh, an opportunity to dive too deep on it, but Lord knows I will certainly be giving you. And and dude, I'm a hard sell on on podcasts. Like I hit the. Um, I've hit a few main ones, but I bounce off a, a lot of other D and D and a lot of the other big ones. I mean, there's the, I mean, Dungeons and Daddies obviously uh, is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nad Pod and Adventure Zone are, are are kind of that next year down for me, but everything else, man, tabletop titties I've gotten into, Mayday role play. Oh yeah, I've listened to a few. T- well, I, I've played with them a bunch of times. Oh uh, cool, nice. Yeah, cool. they're um, they've been on one of our promotional, one or two of our promotional <coughs> one shots, and I think about it, and we did a stream together for Halloween. Halloween. Oh, nice. Uh, benefiting Wava. I know Shar at Tabletop Titties actually works with uh, Wava, so they do a lot of stuff for them. Right. Yeah, they took part in our. Um, we we do a tournament at the end of the year to support a charity where um, we also do PvP shows where people bring in their squad and do either two anywhere from two v two to. 5v5, I think, is the biggest. Do do they play as their normal characters? Does that mean that that Audrey can come on and bring her sniper rifle? Absolutely. (laughs) It has a range of like 3,000 feet or something ridiculous. (laughs) Absolutely, they can. Um, uh, Anthony, uh, who's kind of the theory crafter in our group, is is, we'll do do an overall balance. But I I think what we try to do is if if we're not, if what you guys bring in doesn't match up our weird homebrew shit, we'll, we'll bring it up to the same level. It's fair. Um, So, so because again, it makes for some more interesting gonzo esque uh, as rounds, we've got a more staid tournament version of it. And I think the the charity version um, we tend to do just because otherwise, I mean, those can run, you know, an hour and a half easy, just Mm -hmm. especially when you get a larger group with, with you. So we try to, we try to get more tournament rulesy for the, um, Mm -hmm. for the give me the belt tournament, but it's to support a charity. And then um, the winning team walks away with a championship belt uh, from Mm. undisputed belts. It's coming home. <laughs> How many matches did you guys win last year, fellas? That was last year. We're talking about this year, so it's we coming home. We didn't win. We don't have to answer that question, Harlan. We don't have to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to answer that question. It's coming home. That's what I said. All right. Um, hear me, chat. 0. 0. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, we'll Ooh, throw a charity. We show we'll throw a charity tournament, invite a bunch of podcasts over, and then lose to them. Uh, it's not a gracious host. It's called charity for a reason, sir. Yeah, man. <laughs> charity starts at home and apparently on the D twenty rolls as well, because those are not oh um, that last game. Oh man. Uh, let's see. What do you do you, uh, do you put Final Fantasy creature monsters in your games? I put chocobos in mine. Uh none directly. All of the monsters more or less in the Sinner Saga are homebrew. Mm-hmm. Uh so the, they if anything they'll be inspired by things like I mentioned the Cactin are inspired by Cactar but they're not actually di- like directly the same thing. Um, I haven't put chocobos in any games. However, I do run an Icewind game at home, and those have axe beaks in them, and they're basically the same thing. Um, so I have a lot of fun with that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I usually don't steal stuff directly. I'll, I'll like take stuff that's inspirations of, and then adapt it and give it my own little flair. Because the whole thing with the Center Saga is that it's meant to be unique. That's basically the whole thing. It's meant to. It, if I describe the Sinner Saga to someone, it, the, I don't want them to be like, oh, this is just blah, blah, blah. Right. Because sometimes when people, 
when like Sam will talk about it on the Twitter, people are like, oh, so it's Deadlands? And we're like, no, no, it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that's what's nice about, you know, because 5e has its ups and downs, but isn't it is an extremely mutable D20 system. Mm-hmm. And it is something that lends itself to homebrew, lends itself to different genres. Um, and it it is something that I think I think is also what has helped contribute to the glut of actual plays out there. And I say glut in, in a good way. Um, mm-hmm. Like the glut. Yeah, the glut, baby, of the actual plays out there. I mean, we're part um, of the glut, so it's fine. We're the gluttons. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, gluton. Uh, gluton. <laughs> Je suis gluton. Um, the, uh, is, is how flexible it is and easy it is to, to kind of bolt it onto other stuff. So, uh, well, cool, gang. We are in our last couple of minutes then. Alex has been extremely Oof-a-doofa. generous with his yes. time. Um, uh, let's see. The map will only be 200 feet, though. LOL. Yes, Saganadal. That's true. The map <laughs> is only 200 feet. Um, uh, so uh, we're going to wrap it up, gang. Alex, thank you so much. Remind everybody, uh, obviously, you guys can find uh, Role Playing and Role Playing, uh, uh, a, uh, a show that I found out after we did a couple of streams called Role Play versus Role Play. Uh, oh. so, <laughs> it's, it's homonyms, uh, but that's mainly because I was such a huge fan of the homonym bit from 30 Rock, um, mm. where there's a game show called Homonyms, and that was the, the question. Uh, uh, role Play or Role Play? Um, is it role play? I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Um, so our whole thing is we would, uh, we would a theory craft or RP craft characters based off of a concept and then announce whether they were, we got to do another one of those. Those were fun. We actually, for the first time in forever, we don't have a guest lined up for Thursday. Um, so we will be doing a DM splaining a role play versus role play or a parties of five tomorrow. Um, and then recording some tournament of champion episodes. And we may squeeze in a hunter's party record, just depending on whether or not you guys can get an episode of supernatural watched. Ooh, let's come up with a good role play. Role play theme. Uh, um, so yeah, I don't know that I can write a synopsis <coughs> that quick. So anyway, um, <laughs> Alex, uh, other than uh, obviously uh, on all the major podcast platforms where they can find role play, it's R O L L first or R O L E first. So R O L E is first. Right, so role playing with an E and role playing with two L's on mm-hmm. all your major podcast platforms, role playing and roleplaying.com. I links in the chat and we'll throw them up in the discords and social medias again. Anything else that uh, you got the Patreon, I'm assuming. Uh, do you guys- um, yeah. So you can find everything by, I mean, you can just go to our Twitter. Um, I'm willing to bet that uh, most people know about the Twitter. It's <laughs> at our role, like a ball playing. Um, and then there's a link tree on it, which will link you to all the things. Our Patreon has exclusive content that is uh, primarily our pre-shows, our bathroom breaks, and our after shows, mm-hmm. um, which are edited by Michael. And uh, in the last pre-show, my mom FaceTimed me, oh, and nice. um, she doesn't like to be on the podcast. So we, I heard that some fun editing was done to supplement that because you sometimes uh, when when Michael edits, he'll just be like. Uh, he he'll he'll like say things instead of instead of actually like editing around stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll he so we'll be like talking and then there'll be a break and be like okay so at this point um, Alex's mom called him uh, to talk about uh, the Pandora charm that she bought Audrey or some crazy thing like that. But yeah, it is a fun time. I think we're pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, if if you enjoy a mix of uh, very funny moments and very funny people, as well as dramatic seriousness and a little bit of horror, uh, please listen to The Sinner's Saga. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at 
at Lord Alituj. Alituj is spelled A-L-I-T-U-J. It is my last name backwards. Uh, and yes, I just looked at my last name on the Zoom chat to spell it correctly. Nice. <laughs> no worries. Uh, well, cool, man. We absolutely appreciate it. Hang out for two seconds after we cut off. Um, but uh, we, uh, gang, be sure to get over and check out their their podcast. I know I will be doing a deeper dive into the Sinner Saga. Um, like I said, if uh, the, it, I, the first episode had already gotten me interested, but what Alex has shared with us has got me even more interested. Um, their Twitter, uh, their primary Twitter campaign uh, account has. 32,510 more followers than ours. So we're pretty sure that you're <laughs> all uh, familiar with them, uh, especially if you're here tonight. But if you're not for some reason, for sure, go check it out uh, and make sure that you get over and follow, follow Alex's as well. So great group of people, extremely generous for coming on. Thanks, everybody, and hope you enjoyed the stream. Got to hit the button until it stops. Peace out. Hey, Peace. Bye. Thank you. Love cool, you. Man.